Hi, I'm Teresa Fien Millies, and this is Ninth Arcana, a tarot podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the Three of Swords. The thing about tarot is when you pull cards, you see the same cards over and over and over again. And if you don't pull cards often, when they do pop up, you don't have all of those stories that you've already said to people about what that card means. So the less you see the card, the less information you have about the card. The Three of Swords is one of these. I never pull it, so I really don't have a story attached to it. The card itself is three swords stuck in a heart that's floating in the sky. It feels like some fucked up, stabbed in the back kind of heartbreak vibe. And I'm sure it is, but let's see what else is in there. I've read a little bit about the three since beginning writing this podcast. I keep promising fully intuitive, or maybe I'm just promising to myself as I was making like all the preliminary like prep stuff for this, fully intuitive, because I'm a huge fan of authenticity and transparency. I like to know what's going on, and I like things to go in the right box. So I feel like I have to confess that the more that I researched for the history, the more I realized that my intuition is clouded from years of unuse and also extremely focused only on what I've used it for. And I think the reason that I so easily dropped intuition as not just my primary source of information, but my only source of information is because the only basis I had for it was just myself. And when I lost faith in myself, my faith in my intuition just disappeared. So this time around, when I don't have anything deep to say, I'm going to go with my intuition, which says, look it up, stupid. Because everything is an oracle, even a Google search. And the more esoteric or common knowledge that I have, the more places, there's, it's just more hooks to hang my intuition on. So this episode is where I publicly admit that I'm no longer interested in the purity of one method over the other, of intuition-only method or historic-only method. But I am reminded how fun it is just to learn about cool things and interesting things and esoteric things and weird shit. It's not to ignore my personal symbolism, just that I'm looking to expand it dramatically and be a student instead of the usual jump in the deep end know-it-all that I tend to be most of the time. That said, in my world, the three is the number. Three is my number. Because I was born in March, or because my grandmother's house number was 363, and that's where I spent most of my childhood, and therefore where the bulk of my trauma originates. Three is just, it's mine. It's pointing at me, and it says it would like to be listened to. The three of cups and pens are really complex cards to me, even the wands. But swords, as a Pisces, and as a chick with mental illness, air signs and swords just have never really resonated. For me, the number three means manifestation. If ace is the idea and two is the first step, three is when the thing is made manifest. Three has a mystical or even superstitious significance. It's man, woman, child, maiden, mother, crone, three fates, the holy trinity. There's three acts in a drama. There's primary colors. We all know bad things happen in threes. There's just so many of them. It's an odd number that's balanced. According to teachmetarot.com, which is a fucking fabulous website, by the way, the three means creation, growth, and development. 
I'm going to read from their threes page right now. Threes in the minor arcana generally refer to creativity, growth, expansion, and development. It's a very busy energetic number. Three in numerology represents the upright triangle. By adding an extra number, two has been forced out of its inertia and moved forward. An extra direction or path is there for the taking. A decision has been made and momentum has built. Three is keen to keep moving. The upright triangle encourages energy into ascension. The fool now has a strong sense of purpose. He is able to progress steadily in a certain direction. The apex of the triangle formed by three becomes his focus, his goal, and his destination. Three needs to stay on course. Otherwise, it's prone to distraction and diversion. It can dissipate its energy by chasing too many dreams at one time or by changing preferences from one day to the next. Three has potential to achieve greatness, even fame and acclaim, but it will amount to nothing if it begins to drift or lose concentration. It's in three we lay the third cornerstone for the future. We now have something to work with. Life is becoming structured. The fool has unified any opposing forces in the two. Out of the ace and two, the three is birthed. Three is such a popular energy. It is naturally extrovert, charismatic, sociable, witty, and charming. Three is blessed with good luck, finding itself in the right place at the right time on numerous occasions. However, because of three's nature, it can be spoiled and overindulged. So that's threes. Swords, I'm going to assume you know nothing about them. There's four suits. Swords is one of them. Swords is air. It's of the mind. It's logic. It is double-edged. It is truth. Swords is facts. Let's get in the cards. Aquarius and the Waitsmith. And do them together because they're exactly the same. There is a red heart with three swords and clouds and maybe that's rain. This card is just pain. Maybe you made a wrong decision. Maybe you trusted someone you shouldn't have. There's no colors besides gray and red to give any more information. The more information would have to come from the other cards. The swords are air and logic in mind. The background looks like a mirror. It feels like learning the truth and being heartbroken. Cards don't have to have long explanations. They can just get to the point. Whatever became real, it really hurt you. The Morgan Greer. There's a little bit more color here. There's a gold shining behind the heart. Gold is the color of the angels or the sages. It's the color of high truth. For me, it's always the gold halos on religious paintings. It's enlightenment. And it makes me think of ego death. You're no longer in the dark. The truth really hurts, but now it's out. And you can see it. And you can do something about it. Or the situation can be changed. Here, the heart's actually bleeding meaning it's alive and it can feel. It just makes the feeling more vivid. The background is blue, it's night, it's darkness, it's shadow, the sky's stormy. It's a more vivid emotional representation of the Waitsmith. I really like this particular card. In the mythic, here's another myth that I don't know. There is a man in the water being pierced by two people. I feel like here you can see who is being killed and who's doing the killing. He's already in a coffin. He's bleeding. Maybe they're making sure he's dead. It reminds me of stories of vampires from the 1500s where they would dig up a corpse and stick swords in it to make sure it was dead. The woman has a crown and a blue robe. Blue is voice. 
The man has a black robe, which is shadow. The Wild Unknown. I like this card a lot, too. There's no heart, but ribbon. There's no heart, but there's ribbon or some sort of binding of some kind around the swords. They're being held together and squeezed so hard that they're dripping blood. They're bound to each other. It feels like there's a decision or a secret that's being held so tight that it's bleeding. It feels more like I need to let it out than it's a warning or proof of a heartbreak. This feels like holding on to something that you want to be true but isn't. The line strider has two birds pierced and held together with three swords. This feels much more personal. Like, who are you bound to? Who are you stuck with in this way? How do you get free? They're pink birds. They're really similar to the Ten of Cups birds. In that card, they were comforting and respecting each other. In this one, it's sort of the opposite of freedom. They're facing different directions, but they're unable to leave each other. Is there still love there? Can the birds be saved? Are they dead? Are they dying? I think right now they're both alive. But they can't heal from the wounds if they don't get free from the swords. Holly Simple Tarot. I love this card. It's a column. On the top, there is an eye with a sword in it. In the middle, there's a heart with a sword in it. And on the bottom, there's a concentric circle with a sword in it. In this card, there are three elements being pierced. The eye, vision being obscured. Heart, love is ending. Or leaking out. Or hurting. Heartbreak. And the circle, there's no one symbolic meaning of circles or concentric circles I feel like this is like resonance this is like when you drop a rock in the river the ripples move out so you're in the middle of the circle because this reading is about you or you know the the universal you if you're in the center then your family is next and the next loop is your friends and the next is your community and it just keeps going out so whatever energy is happening with this card the way that it affects is everything. How do you see yourself in the world? How do you see your heart, your, your being? And what happens now? You're going to come out of this change and so is everything around you. How will you see things differently? Last deck is the Luna Soul. This is back to the original imagery. The difference here is the colors and it's not a complete heart. The heart's in pieces. You can see exactly where it broke, which makes me think that you would be able to repair it. You can see where it goes back together. There's tears in the background, which means you're going to cry, which is really a good thing. The crying will help you move past the heartbreak to the healing stage where you can begin to think about how these fit right back together. So I guess there isn't really a big difference from start to finish. It feels like overall this is something that you didn't want to happen, you didn't expect to happen, you didn't plan for happening, but it's happening. And it sucks, and you're like right in the midst, like in a movie where the character gets stabbed and their face goes blank in disbelief. This is that second. Maybe it's a relationship, maybe you're bound to something or someone that you have to get away from to heal. Even if that person is someone you used to trust and even you still love that you're still matched with, like the birds. Maybe this is a transformation time 
that will change everything. The cards are of a, a second. It's of a feeling. Of, it's of a moment. But as people, we create stories. And in the story, you get stabbed. And the next thing that needs to happen needs to happen. Is the sword going to stay in your chest? Or are you going to pull it out? You're always going to have a scar. But you're going to be okay. What about you? What resonates for you with the Three of Swords? Do you want to share it with me? Hit me up on pod page, Ninth Arcana. Leave me a voicemail and get on the show. I will play your voicemail. Speaking of which, I got a message from my friend Michelle. Michelle is one of my oldest friends. We used to work together 20 years ago. She answered a question that I had on the Ten of Cups episode. Michelle says, Hey babe, you mentioned angels having kids and just wanted to answer you. Angels are said in the Old Testament to have kids with humans, and the resulting kids were called the Nephilim. Thank you very much, Michelle. That's pretty neat. That's another thing to Google and learn about and do a deep dive of hyperfixation on. Please feel free to send me a DM to correct me or to ask me a question. Or if there's something about tarot that you're interested in that you want me to spend some time explaining, I can absolutely do that too. I really love explaining things. For our eighth episode, we're going to talk about the Seven of Wands. Until then, you can find me on Instagram at queen.of.marigold or podpage.com, Ninth Arcana Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. You should go pull some cards. Thank you. I love you. Bye. Ninth Arcana is created, written, produced, and edited by me, Teresa Fien Millies. Thank you for listening.